Hey everyone, you're listening to Politics Explained. I am your host, Ian Shapiro. Today we're going to start out the day classic Politics Explained style with Trump Tweets Explained. This morning on Twitter, Donald Trump tweets, If Senate Republicans don't get rid of the filibuster rule and go to a 51% majority, few bills will be passed. Eight Dems control the Senate. So Donald Trump wants us to get rid of the legislative filibuster, which essentially allows a minority party member to hold the floor indefinitely in order to never procedurally move from floor debate to an actual vote on a piece of legislation. This effectively makes legislative, uh, you know, uh, sheep herding, uh, meaning that you have to get uh, 60 votes in order to pass something, right? Trump is calling for removal of that rule, so you only need uh, 51 votes. That means 50 Republicans plus a one-vote tiebreaker from Vice President Mike Pence. However, Donald Trump calls for this, but it's not even clear if they'd be able to pass a lot of the Republicans' agenda with a 51% majority rule, since they weren't able to do this on Obamacare. Moving on, Donald Trump tweets, General John Kelly, who is the new chief of staff, is doing a fantastic job as chief of staff. There is tremendous spirit and talent in the White House. Don't believe the fake news. Generally, everyone says that General John Kelly is a good, disciplined, smart, level-headed guy. The disconnect comes when we observe Trump still doing crazy Trump things with uh, John Kelly being his chief of staff. Some people are saying, well, he can control the staff, but he can't control the chief. (laughs) Trump. Anyway, bad news coverage about the White House. Donald Trump says, hey, everything's fine. Don't believe the fake news. Donald Trump also tweets, few if any administrations have done more in just seven months than the Trump A, meaning administration. Bills passed, regulations killed, border, military, ISIS, SC. Now, this might strike you as a strange tweet, uh, considering Trump just about an less than an hour before that talked about how the Senate needs to get rid of the filibuster rule so that more bills can be passed. Notice how Trump says bills passed instead of uh, you know, legislation signed into law. It's true that Trump has signed a lot of deregulation, administrative kind of executive orders. Uh, he is calling for greater military spending, uh, harder military-esque strikes on ISIS. Uh, he had an Afghanistan rally just the other day, which actually got pretty uh, high praise from the mainstream media relative to what you would normally hear them saying about Donald Trump. Uh, so some interesting tidbits in there. Donald Trump also tweets, strange statement by Bob Corker, considering that he is constantly asking me whether or not he should run again in 18. Tennessee not happy. Trump here is talking about Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee, who in a recent public statement called into question Trump's competence for office. So this is a uh, personal kind of fumble of the football, pick back up and run your head into Trump. you know, this is more politics than really policy, so not a whole lot to be explained there. And then we have, finally, on the Hurricane Harvey story coming down near Louisiana and Texas, Donald Trump says, I have spoken with Governor Abbott of Texas and Louisiana Gov Edwards, closely monitoring Hurricane Harvey developments and here to assist as needed. 
If you've been watching the non-political news, you see that Hurricane Harvey is moving along the United States' southern coast, and it is often the role of the federal government, headed by the President of the United States, to make sure that there is assistance to states harmed and in the way of hurricanes. It's in Donald Trump's best interest to get ahead of this, as President George W. Bush back around the 2000s was, well, widely criticized by the media and by individuals on the ground in his dealing with or lack of dealing with Hurricane Katrina. That's all for Trump Tweets Explained today on Friday, August 25th, 2017. We will get back to the politics in just a moment. You are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. A lot of Americans feel like it is their civic duty to be a good citizen and be engaged with politics and participate in politics or at least go out to vote. All that I'm saying is that it's part of our political culture to think that participation in our communities is a good thing. So whenever I get a chance to talk about new data on public participation, uh, basically in the public sphere, I always jump at it. Well, the Fact Tank News in the Numbers section of Pew Research Center has a new set of data out that shows jury duty is rare, but most Americans do see it as part of being a good citizen in our democracy. Ooh, I'm giddy just thinking about this. I personally have never been on a jury, I've never received the letter, and um... I don't know, actually maybe, because I get letters in my mailbox sometimes that are to the wrong address, so maybe some other people are getting my jury duty letters, which would be strange, and to get that sorted out I may have to go to the DMV. Um, gosh, would you go to the DMV to get things sorted out so that you could then serve on a jury? Well, only if you're a really good American citizen. Uh, let's see what this uh, study says. Okay, so it looks like the survey was conducted in the month of April between the 19th and 23rd of 2017, and in totality, 67% of respondents say that serving on a jury is part of what it means to be a good citizen. This is significantly less, only 50-50, among individuals in the 18 to 29 range. So millennials see jury duty as being less of part of being a good citizen than maybe higher age uh, you know, blocks in the United States. Now like the title of the piece said, while Americans generally see jury duty as something that is part of being a good citizen in our democracy, there are actually fewer and fewer Americans over time being called to serve on federal jury duty. The Administrative Office of the United States Courts actually publishes statistics every year about about federal jury duty. Now keep in mind this is federal jury duty, um, there's also lower level state jury duty that this survey uh, doesn't have exact data on. So to give you an idea of how we've moved over time, in the fiscal year of 2016, federal courts called about 194,000 people for jury duty. This is down 37% from the just above 300,000 people called down for jury duty in the year 2006. So 10 year difference, down almost 40% in the number of people that are called uh, to be jurors. So what do you think? Uh, do people believe that jury duty is a part of being a good citizen uh, because it's 
less likely that you actually have to do it now, like, you know, uh, bark is bigger than your bite kind of thing? Or does it have something to do with this millennial gap where the generations coming into survey data, uh, you know, believe that jury duty is just not quite as important as maybe their elders do in these surveys? So the interesting puzzles arise. We kind of know what uh, you know what the likelihood of being called for jury duty is. We know that it's decreasing over time. We also know that people still generally think that jury duty is a good thing uh, when you're talking about how to be a good American citizen. But we also see uh, some cracks in these trends showing that younger people uh, think less of it than older people. What other types of divides could there be? What are the correlates of thinking that jury duty is a big part of being an American citizen? Does it have to do with your race? Does it have to do with any experience that you've had with the American justice system? Does it have to do with how wealthy you are? Like, there's a lot of things that could be going on demographically and experience-wise. Uh, and this study doesn't go into them fully, but we can begin to speculate and then wonder if, uh, if, if we want to know these answers, right? We can study these types of things systematically, which makes me very excited about what we can learn about participation in our American democracy. For more about participating in an American democracy and maybe being a bit too jovial about it, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Hey everyone, I'm Ian Shapiro and you're listening to Politics Explained, or at least I would be saying that if we had more politics to explain today. Um, little pro tip about political news in general, Thursdays tend to be the day when all the big news drops. Uh, you know, I'm usually in my office or in my apartment studying, working on my dissertation, uh, things of that nature. However, ever since I started doing Politics Explained, I started noticing the ebb and flow of political news stories. Um, and Friday is usually used for kind of a roundup of the week's top stories and kind of how the overall world narrative of politics in the United States has moved forward or kind of become stalled. Uh, anyway, looking into the foreseeable future, when we get into September, there should be a national conversation on uh, you know tax reform. And maybe that's why Trump is actually talking about, hey, we need to get rid of the Senate filibuster because because that's going to hinder our ability to move kind of this piece of the Republican agenda forward. Uh, recall, we haven't had major tax reform. Oh, my coffee just got ready. Um, we haven't had major tax reform since the Reagan years. So Republicans are really excited to do this. And it'll be interesting to see how public the conversation is. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow with kind of a rundown of what's been going on in politics throughout the whole week. Uh, we'll have some new news, uh, some original content, and then also some callbacks from stuff that we've talked about over the week that kind of, you know, fulfilled the requirements of saying, hey, we did a rundown. Uh, for all of that and more, you are listening to Politics Explained. I am your host, Ian Shapiro, forever in your debt. And tomorrow we will get back to the politics.